0: You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. Our problem is we look to other things for help. We try to maintain a comfort zone instead of embracing our circumstances. God is always speaking to us through our circumstances if we will pay attention.
1: Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I'm Taylor. We're continuing our summer series, Songs of Jesus, looking at the book of Psalms. And this week we're looking at Psalm 16. And I'm joined by two special guests to talk about it. First, we have lead pastor Jose Eberow with us. Jose, thanks for being here. Good Good morning, good morning. And we're joined by pastor of spiritual formation, Bob Moss. Bob, welcome back to the podcast. Good to have you. you. Jose, let me give you the first word as we looked at Psalm 16, continuing the series, looking at adore, admit, aspire, and what it looks like for our lives.
2: Yeah, the first thing that came out to me from the psalm was that opening, those opening two words, preserve me. Another translation says, keep me. And so I thought, how... Uh, often do I pray for God to deliver me, which is another thing that David often says in the Psalms, deliver me from this trouble. Um, but here it's it's a different posture. He's saying, preserve me. Um, and so this concept that God preserves us through, God leads us through hard times, with his presence, with his peace. And that's what it looks like to take refuge in him. So um, yeah, it, it stood out to me reading through it. It was very timely in my life. And and I think in, in others, uh, you know, as well, those that are going through a difficult season, a um, lot, lot going on in life mm-hmm. and there's a lot of highs and a lot of lows. And so it's really important for us as believers that we don't think that once we give our lives to Jesus, um, it's all gonna be good. Or uh, because we're being obedient, you know, God's going to bless us with with good times. He is a God of blessing. He does bless, mm-hmm. uh, but our circumstances sometimes uh, aren't in direct correlation with with how close we are with with the Lord. So this um deals with that tension, and and that's why I chose it.
1: Yeah, each week we've been looking at three questions. Uh, the first with the door means, what does this psalm teach me about God? Second, admit, what does this psalm teach me about myself? And then third, aspire, how does this psalm compel me to respond? Jose, I love what you just talked about, that difference between praying for deliverance and praying for God to preserve us mm-hmm. through trouble. I'd love to ask both of y'all just simply kind of maybe practically, what does that look like for y'all? What would be the biggest difference in your opinion, praying for, uh, prayer that God would preserve you in the way that this psalm, David, kind of opens up with that as far as preserve me, O God, for I take refuge. What would be the biggest difference between praying for that versus just praying for, for deliverance?
0: Well, that's a great question. Um, I think this is this is norm. We want God to preserve us. We don't we don't want to escape from our problems. Our mm. problems, our problems are our friend, because it's through our problems that we get to know God better. But if we're praying to be delivered from our problems, we're asking God to go away and leave us alone. Wow.
2: Yeah. That's a really good point, Bob. <laughs> really and point. I think personally we want I want to be comfortable. I don't want to be uncomfortable. And troubles are uncomfortable. My, the consequences of my sin are uncomfortable. Um, this world is broken, and it brings about a lot of discomfort. Right now, it is very hot outside. <laughs> it is uncomfortable to be uh, uncomfortable, <laughs> and and so we want we want comfort. And God does provide comfort. I think what I've what I'm learning uh, as I continue my walk with Jesus is that His comfort looks very different than the comforts of this world. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we follow Jesus, he provides us with this peace, like in Philippians 4, that truly transcends all understanding. And that's worth more than any comfort that I can you know, attain for myself. So this prayer of preservation mm-hmm. includes that peace and that comfort that we can't get this world, in this world.
0: Go ahead, Bob. Well, Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have right. trouble. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Mm -hmm. Jesus is in us, He lives inside of us, and He is always with us. Mm -hmm. And our problem is we look to other things for help. We try to maintain a comfort zone instead of embracing our circumstances. Mm -hmm. God is always speaking to us through our circumstances. If we will pay attention,
2: mm. Bob, this reminds me of the graph that we spent a lot of time talking about um, when Taylor and I were uh, getting trained to be foster parents. We had to do this training and many weeks of training, and uh, one of the one of the things, one of the graphs that the trainer put up put on the screen was the comfort zone the growth zone, and then the panic zone. Remember that? Concentric circles. <laughs> and and he said that through the through this experience, we were, we were gonna be in the panic zone, um, but the goal was to stay and live in the growth zone. Mm-hmm. And it's the same in, in our faith. You know, life comes our way and sometimes it throws us into the panic zone. But when we have faith in God, when we acknowledge Amen. that Jesus lives in us, Amen. then he keeps us in that growth zone, mm-hmm. but we are... We, we we are accustomed to living in the comfort zone in this in this uh, in this country and in, in, in this time of society. I mean, again, it's really really hot out there, but we live in Central Texas mostly because of air conditioning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we've gotten used to these comforts, um, but the comfort of knowing Jesus is way more effective. Yeah,
0: C.S. Lewis in World War II came to the forefront because of the pain that England was Hmm. going through. He wrote a book called The Problem of Pain. pain. I want you to hear this. We can ignore pleasure, but pain insists upon being attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks to us in our conscience, but shouts in our pain. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Amen. Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That is so good. God provides us comfort in that pain. And uh, Jose, it's what you mentioned here, this first point that God comforts me through times of trouble. That's what we can adore about God. But, Outside of maybe just the church context, uh, we're on the Conversations podcast. So I like to talk practically. We like to kind of unpack things. So, what does if you were to describe God's comfort in the way that you felt God's comfort? What what does that look like? Do you do you hear something? Do you feel something? What what kind of does that actually look like to experience God's comfort?
2: Yeah, the this refuge place, creating Jesus as our. Uh, going to Jesus as our safe place is a choice and it's something that we can create uh, through our disciplines and um, our rhythms of life so personally it's funny because before <laughs> before we press record I was asking you guys what those lyrics were at a firm foundation you know the song that we sing in church that's been that's been running through my head and so i I do connect with music um, I, I actually don't n- always listen to the lyrics but just music the way it moves and uh, it's it's very Peaceful to me, so I that that's one way that I that I'm comforted by God is through worship music. Um, when I sit down at the piano in my house and I play, um, sometimes it's it's not a song that I I know, or it's just I'm just playing, um, but but it's it's comforting to me, and it's. Uh, it's a tangible thing, right? Because you can hear it, um, but it provides an intangible comfort that I know comes from God. He, he you know, We've learned through this series that God helps, God created music so that we can process our emotions. And um, certainly music has been a huge, huge part of my life.
1: Yeah, that's that's really good here. We talk about God's comfort. Bob, would you add anything to that as far as how would you describe God's comfort in a practical sense?
0: Well, God's comfort is—it's one of His ways. He's always there. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. But when we get to a place where we think we've got it together, mm-hmm. He makes us lie down in green pastures. Mm-hmm. Some now the past—what that means is the, he, he, there's always plenty of nourishment right there. Mm-hmm but he may, the fact that he has to make us lie down in green pastures that tells us that if it wasn't for him putting us in that situation we'd be out wandering around on our own thinking mm. everything's okay wow
1: that and seeking comfort from other things. I mean, that's the second point here exactly. about admit that we get in trouble because we, we're we seeking refuge mm-hmm. in in other things. So what are ways that I, there's, I mean, there's a million examples, even in community group last night, uh, my group was talking about just the plentiful distractions that we can, if we, if you want to keep yourself busy to, to avoid problems or to avoid the pain, Bob, like you talked about from the very beginning, you can easily find stuff, whether it's online, whether it's in person. So what are ways that you would recommend or encourage someone even just to do a heart check to Figure out okay, am I truly seeking refuge in God, or am I seeking refuge in the other world? What are maybe some criteria or kind of ways that people can analyze their own life? Yeah,
2: I learned this a while back, and it's a constant thing that I'm doing: reviewing where I spend my time, uh, reviewing who I'm spending time with, reviewing what 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 content am I consuming, you know, online, or what what things am I reading? So that's a very you know, look back when when you're wondering where your money's going. Where do you check? You check your bank account, <laughs> and then it tells you, hey, you spent this money, you took out this of cash, et cetera, et cetera. So we need to do the same thing with our time and create an inventory um, to see what is capturing our attention. Um, we've talked about this before here on the podcast, but this, our phones, if, if we're spending a lot of time on our phones, then we can check um, how much time we're spending on said apps via, if you have an iPhone, it's the, um, oh boy, I'm, I'm, uh, screen time. Screen time yeah. yeah, there you go. And so you can look at, you know, how much time are you spending on this app or, or this even website it brings down the websites. So, I mean, you can get real honest results pretty quickly. And that shows us where our time is going and wherever we're spending our time, that's where we're giving, you know, our attention to and oftentimes that's really what we're worshiping. So I said something that I'd wanna just double down um, on the message. I talked about nationalism being an idol. And I would add this to that. If you're being consumed by what's going on in our news cycle or in our country, then that can very quickly become an idol. It can capture your attention. It can control your affection. It can suck you into a, I mean, it's important. Do not hear me wrong. It's really important, but man, it does dilute this amazing comfort and peace that we have every single day when we know Jesus Christ as our Lord, as our Adonai, as the master of our heart, our soul, our body. And uh, so we, we need to watch out. What, what things are taking our attention? Where, where is our affection going to? And
1: uh, is it the Lord or is it other other distractions? Bob, would you add anything to that? Yes.
0: There's a man that went to Jesus one day. He was a rich, young ruler. Mm. And he wanted to know what he needed to do to inherit eternal life. And Jesus told him, he says, well, I've done that. I've kept all that. <laughs> he says, okay, if you want to be perfect, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And the man looked at Jesus. And he just turned around and walked away, sad, sad because he didn't want to give up his comfort zone. Yeah.
2: yeah, and he didn't want to give up possession. That's right. He didn't want to give up the very thing. I mean, Jesus wants all of us, that's right. which is such a, you know, maybe, maybe that's a hard concept for us because we don't know what it is like in, a, in an earthly relationship to be wanted.
0: Mm-hmm. I heard a man wow. say one time, that young ruler blew the financial deal of his life. Wow. <laughs> Wow, that's good.
1: That's good. Uh, Verse three of this Psalm, Psalm 16, uh, mentions just this phrase, delight. And we've talked about this before from the stage and have looked into this, but I feel like both of y'all do a great job modeling this as far as just delighting in the Lord. What maybe attributes or characteristics of someone would you, how would you describe someone who was truly delighting in the Lord? How would you describe that to someone and even just how we we aspire to be that as far as just in a day-to-day life? Well, I, I think of Bob, I really do, Bob. The way that you delight in
2: the Lord, his word, um, your devotion to scripture memory. I mean, you are constantly delighting yourself in, in in God's word and in his presence in that way. And when I'm with you, I, I am blessed because I'm around someone that is constantly delighting themselves in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And um, I think about what this says, is for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. It's delightful to hang out with like-minded believers. And it's a, it's, a, it's a big refreshment from, you know, what all the other messages that the world gives. I mean, this, this constant, this common denominator that we have in the Lord is truly delightful, something that bonds us like nothing else does. No like of music or uh, art or, um, you know, any other hobbies that may unite us, nothing compares to being united
0: in Christ. Amen. <laughs> I would say there's one word that defines it all abiding yeah. in Christ. Yeah. That's it. And abiding simply means to remain. And so, if we remain centered in Christ in every circumstance, there will never be a circumstance where we will miss an opportunity to bear fruit. That's right. Mm.
1: Yeah, that's that's so good. Uh, another question I have just for y'all: There's a lot of attributes I feel like of God, and we've talked about several of them. As far as one, particularly this week, was on refuge, as far as God being a refuge. But how how do you think that relates, as far as as we seek to to minister and love on those who are unbelievers or not yet believers, as far as just in the world? How is this this attribute of God being a refuge that we get we talked about throughout this this chapter? How do you think that that kind of helps or, or, or could impact our ability to just minister and witness to, to those around us.
2: I think about what Jesus said, you just asking that question right now, uh, when Jesus said, um, they will know me by the way that you love one another. So he's speaking to his disciples, he's speaking to you know these excellent ones, as David would say, right? And he's saying that the world will know us, I'm sorry, that the world will know God through us, the church, and so, yeah, this refuge concept is really important personally in our lives and then also creating a safe place and community because from that, that's gonna show the world, this is what it looks like to be loved. This is what it looks like to be a part of a a ministry or of a church that is pro-reconciliation, pro-peace, right? And um, it's by design. And again, in verse four, we see that sorrows of those who run after another God shall multiply so that that that's going to happen naturally. Where if we turn to other things, not only are we going to have the troubles of this world, but then we're also going to have to deal with the consequences of sin mm-hmm. and, and stuff. And not only further troubles us, mm-hmm. troubles us emotionally, and makes us feel isolated, and makes us feel uns- it's dissatisfying. But when we find our hope in Jesus, and when we're walk, running alongside one another, there's nothing more uh, secure
0: and safe than than that. The Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 said, from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. And what he was saying was, we're going to regard people from God's perspective. And then he goes on a few verses later, and he says, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting people's sins against them. God has taken care of this sin problem, and we need, as Christians, to recognize that every every single person we come in contact with is a potential believer in Jesus Christ. That's right. And when they become a believer, their life is transformed just like ours was. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, that's
2: that's a beautiful connection, Bob, because oftentimes we can pursue others, you know, with this agenda of wanting them to know Jesus, which is, I mean, that's an open agenda. <laughs> if I come in contact with anyone, I want God's best for them, which is for them to know their creator and know the purpose that God has for them. Um, However, sometimes when we're only focused on that, we, we sideline the same love, this agape, unconditional, grace-filled love that Jesus had for me. So I want to be a conduit of that type of love um,
0: as, I, as I pursue you know, those that don't yet know Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus made a profound statement one day talking to his disciples, and he said to them, talking about unbelievers, he said, if they receive you, they receive me mm-hmm. and if they receive me they receive him who sent me so it's like a chain wow. mm-hmm. and if people receive us as we're following the lord mm-hmm. then they're they're on their first step wow. to their journey of coming to faith in Christ mm-hmm. because if they keep hanging around us they don't have a chance <laughs> Yeah. Excuse me. (laughs) I love it. I love it.
1: Well, I think too, just even related to that, that when we talk about God being our refuge, we can I think about the fruits of the spirit, for instance. You can on your own self-will try to emulate those as much as possible. But as soon as you encounter uh, you know, any sort of hardship or trouble, then all of a sudden that, uh, at least in my opinion or my experience, is just all of that goes yeah. down. And, uh, and I think that's where you truly see through it. So I think just as believers, like y'all are saying, there's even the way in which we're able to love others, but it's because of the refuge that we have. Because otherwise, as soon as I get rattled or as soon as I begin to get insecure about something, then all of those loving attributes get thrown out the window and yeah. aren't able to be that, that light to others.
0: Yeah. Go ahead, Bong. One of the things I love about Cypress Creek Church is, and we don't do it perfectly, Mm. but we are doing more and more and more to reach out to the hurting, Mm. to the people who need help, the people who are poor, the Mm. people who are, uh, they're, they're, depressed mm. they're discouraged they're hungry mm. physically for food <laughs> and and the bible teaches us so clearly that we are the ones that need yeah. to be taken care of the hungry the orphans mm-hmm. the widows that's our target audience yeah the most the most vulnerable the ones that's that, right. that yeah and i think we're doing we we we'll, i don't know that we'll ever be perfect at it mm. But Jesus was perfect at it. Mm -hmm. And we need to follow him. It's like every Sunday, Jose gets up here and says, We're just a bunch of imperfect people trying to follow a perfect Savior. And Jesus has set the example. That's right. That's right. It's a journey. It's not, it's not, um, yeah, it's
2: hard. (laughs) But it's a lot easier when we do it with one another. Think about this closing passage here. Um, the message I quoted Eugene Peterson's uh, paraphrase of the Bible, the message says, my choice is you, God, first and only. Amen. And when we do that, it's what Matthew 6 talks about. Seek first the kingdom of Amen. God. And then all these things will be given to you. So we don't need to worry. We just need to put Jesus first. And when we do that, the world changes.
0: All right. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us, conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.